Welcome to Let's Talk Fleet Risk, a podcast for those who manage drivers and their vehicles and want to reduce road risk in their organisation. My guest today is Matt Neal, who is Group Fleet Manager for Platform Housing. The group manages 47,000 social housing properties, and Matt looks after a fleet of 500 LCVs to allow employed tradespeople to maintain these properties. Hi, Matt. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Simon. How are you? Very well, thank you. Matt, I wanted to get you on the show because we've just published a, a really great case study on the improvements that you're making at Platform Housing and the business benefits that you're starting to see as well. And I, I wanted to dig a bit deeper into some of those. But be, before we start, perhaps you could just give us a brief summary of your role and your responsibilities at Platform Housing. Yeah, so I'm um, a Platform's Group Fleet Manager. I've been here since September 2021. Um, I've worked in the industry for about 18 years and um, my um, responsibilities are the um, maintenance and repair of uh, 500 commercial vehicles um, whilst also um, managing uh, the driver's downtime to support in in the um, wider operation of um, repairing our tenants' properties. Um, I also look after um, EV infrastructure throughout the um, organisation as well. Um, and uh, driver training. So it, you, you said you've been at Platform Housing for just over a year now. So I, I guess my sort of starting question's got sort of two parts to it. The, the first being, how long did it take you to get to grips with the existing state of driver and vehicle management uh, as it was when you moved in? And, and what did you identify as the biggest challenges from that that you were going to need to address? So to get to grips with uh, platforms, was to start with, it was quite um, easy. Being an experienced fleet manager, I was able to come in and know what I wanted to do. Um, throughout my interview process, I understood from, from that what the challenges were. So I kind of had an idea as to what I wanted to do. Um, so it, it didn't take me very long to get to grips with what I wanted to do. So I managed to get lots of stuff done within the first month, actually. Um, but, and throughout that first month is where I literally identified and created a plan as to what I wanted to improve first. Um, and what I saw was the, like the biggest challenges um, moving forward. Um, we actually detailed about 20 different um, projects out the back of it. Um, but the main ones or the main challenges were, um, we had no system. So every, every vehicle was managed off a spreadsheet. So that will be the driver allocation, the, the maintenance, the fine management, uh, damage management, um, end of contracts um, and vehicle replacement program. So it was all managed off the back of a spreadsheet. So um, that was my first challenge that I kind of refused to, to manage a fleet off the back of a spreadsheet. Uh, bear in mind the information's out of date really as soon as you input the data into it. So that was one of the main challenges. The second um, biggest challenge was the, the management of our um, accident. So we had quite, we've got a quite a high um, accident ratio within our organisation. Um, I say accident ratio, uh, like a vehicle damage ratio, which could be like just a, a prank or something, like drive, um, reverse into some sort of a stationary object. Um, however, I didn't like the idea of our insurance company managing their own work. So um, we looked to introduce um, an accident management company to support us with that at the time. 
so so uh you've been working with partners such as fleet check for the for the software and and fmg i think for the accident management as, as you've just said so how have you worked with them to to get the data you need in a in a manageable format and 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 how, how does that allow you to make better use of that data so fleet check has allowed me to have a, a confidence in the data that i'm managing um, because a lot of our workforce is hybrid working now, so since the pandemic, um, I'd say 90 to 95% of our workforce is now hybrid. Um, all my team work from home, so it's impossible for us to be able to manage stuff off a spreadsheet. So implementing Fleet Check has allowed us to all work remotely whilst all still having access to the same information. And uh, Fleet Check is now my uh, one version of the truth when it comes to anything to do with our fleet management system. So when we look into partnering with other partners, so FMG, and um, we will go on um, probably to talk about Lightfoot later on, um, that fleet check um, has to integrate with them. Otherwise, I won't partner with them. Um, and that, like I say, going back to it, is because I want one version of the truth as to where my data actually stems from. And I don't want to create additional work for my um, team when um, updating vehicle allocations or driver allocations in the system. So um, fleet checks really allowed me to have more of a, um, a detailed overview and outlook on, on what it is. And I think I mentioned in, um, in a recommendation for them that they actually reduced my stress levels like significantly as a fleet manager. So um, it's definitely um, a worthwhile uh, move for us to, to move and partner with fleet check. And a, a key part of that is, is I think, the, the ability to sort of uh, improve your vehicle checking and maintenance regime, isn't it? So what, you know, what was that like when you came in uh, and what, what does it look like now? Has, has there been significant improvement in that area? Yes, definitely. So Fleet Check also allowed us to adapt the um, vehicle inspection um, profile. So they've, they, they've got an app. Um, a driver app which allows um, all of our drivers to walk around the vehicle do um, a weekly vehicle inspection and um, off the back of it it has a, a fallout um, uh, which any defects that are reported it will like pop through to us and we can then obviously manage that um, maintenance a lot more proactively um, as opposed to prior to us having fleet check um, they did do a, a weekly check but it kind of went into a, a group drive within the, the business and then somebody had to physically go through and check every single uh, PDF to see if there was a defect on there and then report it. So um, by implementing fleet check, we've kind of saved um, half a day's job or a day's job for somebody to be able to do so. Um, it's created uh, not only savings within other areas of the business, but also it's allowed us to be a lot more proactive and manage the vehicle and, and the safety of the driver as well. Um, bearing in mind some of the defects reported may be safety related. Yeah, uh, and does that have any, an impact on um, any of the incidents you see? Were, were mechanical faults with, with the car, with the, with the vans a problem? Have you seen sort of a reduction in any incidents that you, you have to deal with from that? Yeah, definitely. So by, again, if they report that they've got a warning light popped on their vehicle, it allows us to book the vehicle in a lot more proactively. So if if a vehicle's got a, like a, 
an amber warning light on it allows us to then say well we'll get you straight into a dealer and get you uh, get you um booked in and we'll arrange for a swap out of a vehicle which helps reduce the downtime of the actual operative uh, whereas leaving it um often results in the vehicle breaking down and then it can cause a lot um a lot more like a, a knock-on effect to not only the vehicle and it could cause further damage to the vehicle which we could then become liable for but it also supports the downtime of the, that driver so we can get that driver back on the road um, a lot quicker um, through the effective management of uh, of doing these vehicle checks through fleet check whereas without it it just meant that we were waiting for the vehicle to kind of break down and, and being very reactive uh, reactive which isn't obviously how uh, an effective fleet manager should be working mm. um now you mentioned Lightfoot earlier, which is a uh, another partner you st you're starting to work with now um, yeah, yeah. to try and improve driver behaviour. And I think you did a trial recently, which yielded some fantastic results on the trial itself, and that's led to projected annual savings across the fleet of over a, a million pounds annually, which is a figure that should grab anybody's interest. Can you tell us a little bit more about the trial and what that involved and kind of how you're going to take that forward now? Yeah, um, so the Lightfoot trial was something that um, the business um, openly adopted, really. So when, when Lightfoot approached you, they um, they do come forward with quite a lot of, and, and I'm, uh, I'm sure they won't mind me saying this, but they, they do come forward with quite a lot of um, uh, shocking um, re like reductions or shocking proposals to say we can save you this, this and this. And it almost sounds too good to be true. And so th there is a lot of um, scepticism, I suppose, around whether it's actually going to uh, to work. So. Off the back of that, off the back of when they um, obviously try and initially sell you this product, they do offer a free trial. So we took the free trial and um, the the benefits off the back of it or and the, the figures and the data that came off the back of the free trial, um, basically it, it kind of backed up their claims as to how they could um, support the reduction. And the majority of our savings naturally came through fuel, so with, with, with individual driving um, safer, um, it allowed the um, fuel saving to reduce dramatically and um, on average it saved us about £30 per vehicle per month. The, um, but in addition to that, with them driving a lot safer in the vehicle and not having so many um, harsh braking events or harsh cornering events um, or harsh acceleration um, events, it means that over the um, the period of time that you set, we set five years in our in our um, in our trial. Um, it meant that we can save in, in different areas, such as like accidental damage and um, the downtime, which is obviously really important. Um, and it be, it's really important, I suppose. I would recommend and urge all fleet managers to really look at the true cost of downtime and and liaise with your business to understand what that is, because it's not just the case of a vehicle and and somebody's hourly rate. There's there's like the fleet manager's time, the fleet team's time, there's a, and there's all different areas that they contribute towards that. And then obviously once you've driven the vehicle at the end of its lease, you need to obviously also consider the end of lease charges that um, or end of contract charges that might happen to that vehicle as well by through a result of um, abusing the vehicle over a number of years. So by driving the vehicle in a smarter, more um, safety efficient manner, it, it 
it actually generates quite um, a considerable amount of savings and that's where we um we got to the um the uh, one million pound mark saving over the five years um mainly, mainly through to the, those four different key elements so in our first year i think it's about one hundred eighty thousand, um and then it kind of escalates um as as the years go on um but in addition to those savings as well it, it's not just all financial as a as a um charity registered charity is what we are and um as we do um we receive grants from homes england to support our tenants um, in the social housing market which is again which is what we sit in um, we do have to offset our um carbon um footprint to to ensure that we meet certain um esg and, and csr values in order to get the loans that we get so by by going with lightfoot and supporting with the reduction in um, fuel we it's also allowed us to save uh, 1.4 tons of um or will allow us to save 1.4 tons of carbon as well so um it further supports the wider business not just um uh, the environment yeah I, I i think the environmental savings and and also the downtime that we were talking about earlier are two of the key sort of top of the list concerns for most experienced fleet managers at the moment aren't they and and the, yeah. i i think an experienced fleet manager understands how much disruption to the business that unplanned downtime from mechanical failure or, or unplanned repairs uh, can cost but uh, any sort of any person who's newer to fleet management that that's one of the key things they need to be looked to managing isn't it the, the amount of downtime in the business yeah definitely so Downtime is one of the key elements, and I think it doesn't matter whatever organisation you work in, whether you're managing a vehicle fleet or a commercial fleet, downtime is always going to have an aspect. So if somebody is not being able to perform the duty that they're employed to do because the vehicle goes off the road, then they're going to have a problem because they're not they're not being able to carry out that duty. Now, in our line of business specifically, we, we deal with social housing and we do have vulnerable tenants. So if we can't get out to support one of our vulnerable tenants, it has a knock-on effect, not just on the operative that's actually um, looking to visit that tenant, but also the tenant's well-being. And so the downtime of, of the vehicle and of the of the driver is um, is paramount, really, is to, is to what we need to do. So it, it does play a huge part in, in our organisation. And that's one of the considerations that we take when we look into investing in products and um other partners to be able to support that it's all around how can we improve um the downtime of our operatives to make our um the service that we offer our tenants um a more um positive experience yeah because i guess one of the one of the main benefits is an improvement in customer service and that means I guess quite a bit more in your line of work than uh, than some others. So it's a really important point that um, one of the things we try to demonstrate is that improvements and and therefore savings, you know, they can be made relatively quickly. Some of, some of them are a, a longer term um, uh, ac activity, but it is possible to to implement some stuff fairly quickly and start to see back uh, some payback quicker than you might expect. So I was wondering if you could talk me through some of the the returns you've seen versus the time and investment that have had 
had to be made uh, in those because obviously you're starting to see uh, improvements, you know, in in a year since you started, haven't you? Yeah. So um, again, I, I am an experienced fleet manager, so I kind of do have that benefit. But anybody, um, I suppose, joining the role or or uh, is joining a business to, to manage fleet or doesn't have any experience of fleet. One of the main, I've always been taught to um, save my salary to start with. So I don't become a, um, I become a benefit to the business because I've actually saved them, um, obviously the my role, I guess. However, off the back, and that's one of the, the first things I'll look to do is obviously see where I can actually identify savings. And we've got a team, I've got a small team of people. I've only got um, a team of three. But one of the things I task them with is to actually um, generate savings as well. And it's it can be simple things through just challenging invoicing. So in my organisation, we, we haven't had a fleet manager for a very, very long time. So naturally, I think suppliers have, have maybe um, gotten away with more than they they should have. So now that there is somebody in that key that can actually um, actively challenge invoices that come in i've managed to generate around two hundred thousand pounds savings in in the year that i've been here purely through challenging different costs um with with different suppliers which it, it kind of can work twofold one it can obviously save uh, make you more of a, an asset to the business and show that you're you know you're not a, a cost burden to the business but you're you're actually benefiting benefiting to the organization um but also if you do save um, some money through um, challenging then it also allows you to then maybe say to the business I've saved this amount of money could we now look to invest in other areas um, and it may be that you're looking to invest in in, in technology um, it kind of gives you a better steer when talking to your uh, senior leaders or board members to basically say you know I've, I've saved this amount but I'd like to actually invest it in this because that will then generate further savings pretty much like like what has for us it cost us X amount to invest in it, but the, the savings off the back of it are considerably more. Um, so that's how I kind of work with it. When I'm, when I'm looking to present anything to, to the business, I'll always look at what I'm doing and how I can kind of generate savings. And um, and by savings, it's not all monetary either. So a saving, like we mentioned earlier, could be downtime. So if I can save X amount of downtime hours for, um, for the operation in total, then it kind of has a benefit to to their area as opposed to all being financially led because that isn't always the case yeah so um when you came into the business you said there hadn't been a fleet manager uh role there uh, until you came in or for some period of time before you came in so what what was the support like that you got from the senior management in the business could they see that there were issues there and there were benefits to come or was it a harder sell how how, what's the support been like from it's actually going to sound really corny but my um my boss um He's the procurement director, and then um, his uh, direct line manager is the chief financial officer. And I couldn't ask for two better people, to be honest. The support that I get from both of them um, is is phenomenal. So they they always fully back and support what it is that we're doing um, as a team, as a fleet team. Um, fleet's always been left behind, and I think that often happens in lots of businesses. However, by me raising different areas of concern and showing what the risks to the business are again whether that be financial whether it be reputational or, or other areas 
then um, they fully support that and they fully understand what I'm what I'm looking to achieve. And then um, they then get further go on to support me within um, like when I'm presenting to the board for for like other investments. Um, so yeah, I, I've had a really positive experience. I know some organisations probably don't, but all I would say to those people is just really just really make sure that you present the full facts and don't just always look at financial and maybe potentially look at the um, operational benefits as well and look at the audience. I, I work for a chief financial officer, so she's very interested in the financial benefits to the organisation. So that's where I obviously that's my target audience. So that's where I'll benefit. I'll um, I'll show where the benefits are. But I also um, I work for Platform Housing Limited, and I manage Platform Property Cares vehicles. Um, and we both work. We both work under Platform Housing Group Limited as a charity. So I have to report to the um, Platform Property Care Operations Director, and obviously his main focus is the um the downtime of his drivers so then when i'm presenting anything i obviously adapt the way i'm actually presenting to to him to make sure the benefits aren't necessarily around cost but generally more around how he's going to improve his overall operation um as a result to our um having a more positive experience with our tenants that, that's a, a brilliant segue into my next question then which was you mentioned at the start that you kind of co-managed the workforce alongside their their direct line management so how how has that process gone have you managed to work with the other people in the business such as uh that that operations uh director to ensure that you know he he his focus is on getting the job done quickly and your focus is on ensuring that the drivers get to and from the job as uh, as safely as possible i mean again has there been support there as have you been able to um sort of demonstrate that you're all pulling in the same direction if you like yeah definitely so the key thing when i first started um when i first sat down with um the ops director the heads of service and then the service managers and then the we talk to the drivers as well obviously on a daily basis but a lot of my interactions are normally with the senior leadership team and, and, and the service managers um but the thing i made clear to them all is that before they're an engineer or before they're um, a electrician or a plumber or a multi-skilled -skilled trader, um, they're a car driver or a van driver. So they jump in my vehicle before they get to their job and become that tradesperson. So those drivers need to remember that they're a driver before they're, they are the trade that they are obviously going out to do. So it's my job to get them to their location safely to, in order to complete the job that they've been employed to do. Um, and when I presented it to him like that, it kind of, I got a positive response because I think they understood then that I think they saw, they often see vehicles as being a, a necessary evil. And I kind of spun it around a little to basically show them that, you know, our job isn't there to make your life hard. Our job is to get you there safety, like safer, as opposed to make your life more difficult. And I regularly talk to all of the um the senior leadership team within property care platform property care and the service managers um to again support the the downtime of the um, of the operatives and to make sure that they're actually going about their business in a safe manner because um that's what i do <laughs> that's yeah that, that, that's my job 
I, and I think that's a, an attitude we support and we try and promote as well, because these guys are all highly skilled and professional at the trade that, that they're they're going to to do. And, and driving is a part of that. And so it's yeah. trying to get them to realise that, you know, to, to take the view of driving, view driving with the same professionalism and, uh, and desire to, to do it to the high standard as they would to their normal work. Yeah. No, one hundred percent. It's um, driver. You're a driver first, and that's always that's always the motto that we go with now. And um, a lot of the drivers I do attend toolbox talks as well, so I actually go down and actually talk to individuals. And I jump on. Uh, we have a Your Voice forum, so it's a, a forum that uh, operatives can join, and it's like on a monthly basis. And operatives can join if they've got any concerns. They obviously can talk to me directly to raise them, and then obviously I can go away and try and help them. Um, uh, like with Lightfoot, not everybody maybe understands Lightfoot or the benefits of them. So it allows me to actually have that one-to-one -one conversation with them or a group of people or an audience of people to actually show them why we're doing it and what the benefits are and how it will actually benefit them. Because it can actually benefit them financially because Lightfoot actually offer um, initiatives to the drivers directly. They reward them via like a lottery each month um, just by driving safely. So, um, yeah, it's, um, it's important to, um, to communicate with the driver. Yeah, it is. It's it, it's vital. Um, but my final question for you, Matt, is that every every successful fleet manager I speak to says you can never rest on your laurels, and that the you know the job is a continuous learning curve. It's a it's a journey of constant incremental improvements year on year. So, looking to the future, how are you planning to build on the improvements that you've already started to make in the last year? Um, the well, you can't rest on your loss, that's true. Um, if you sit back, things, vehicles are fast moving items and they'll, they'll break down. And so you need to be more and more proactive and you need to work more and more proactive by, I think, investing in, in systems or technology that allow you to do that. So that, that's what we've done. Um, but in addition to that, we also want to, we also make sure that um, we're moving forward with the time. So we're purchasing electric vehicles. We've actually purchased 40 electric vehicles now um, that we're just currently getting uh, racks out and um, liveried up so we can start getting those distributed out to our, our drivers. Um, and we've actually purchased them direct rather than going through a leasing company, um, mainly because, uh, one, we, we can loan money cheaper than uh, they can, uh, um, the leasing companies can lend it to us because we get preferential rates off, um, off the government. Um, and also because it allows us a greater um, a greater ownership over the downtime of the vehicle. It's our asset, so we can do what we need to to get that vehicle back on the road. And whether that be um, spending a bit more money on it because the, the driver being on the road faster is, is more important than the financial element of it, um, or whether it means like bringing in different parts and, and um, uh, recycling uh, green parts, etc., it allows us to to have that more control over the vehicle so we're actually moving to more uh, like an outright purchased uh, lease across the whole of our fleet now um we've got another 25 vehicles on order as well which are in the pipeline so that's going to give us um, a lot more advantages in regards to supporting platform property care with the downtime of their drivers and um, another in incentive or initiative that i'm working on is um we're going to purchase some pool vehicles um which will allow us to um if a driver goes down um, or a vehicle goes down and um, we can actually get a vehicle in to them which will be fully kitted out ready um, 
hand the vehicle over to them, they can then carry on with their, uh, their day. We'll then take the vehicle away and then sort it out. So we'll just move the vehicle into a, a repair shop or body shop or garage and get the vehicle sorted. So that's one of the um, projects I'm working on at the moment is how we can obviously uh, uh, look into that. But obviously there's an investment involved in the, the purchase of those vehicles. Yeah. But it means that we don't have to rely on um, trying to procure or get hold of high vehicles, which obviously is difficult at the moment for anybody. Um, so it kind of allows us to manage our downtime more effectively and manage our operation more effectively without relying on other individuals. Uh, and I think that fits in perfectly with our our sort of theme of the quarter because uh, DFBB were focusing on safer vehicles this month. So those look like two initiatives aimed at sort of maintaining your vehicles uh, as safely as possible and keeping them on the road in as safe a condition as possible as as much as possible. So I think those sound like two really good initiatives. So um, if you're listening to this and you'd like to find out more, you can find the platform housing case study at Driving for Better Business com uh, but matt thank you very much for your time and for being my guest on this episode of let's talk fleet risk you're very welcome thank you very much if you manage drivers and their vehicles and you face similar issues to those discussed in this podcast there are links in the show notes to some useful resources on the driving for better business website and these are all free to access if you enjoyed the conversation, please don't forget to hit subscribe so you know when the next episode is released. And please also give us a five-star review as this helps us to get up the podcast rankings and makes it more visible to others who might also find it useful. You can follow us, that's Driving for Better Business, on Twitter, Facebook and LinkedIn. And most importantly, please help us to spread the word. All our resources are free for those who manage fleets and their employees who drive for work. Thank you for listening to Let's Talk Fleet Risk and I look forward to welcoming you to the next episode. Brought to you by Driving for Better Business.